In today's show, we're looking ahead to Wednesday's action in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble, on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNBA. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. If you're here looking for streaming options, welcome, but also piss off because I'm not doing them. That's as simple as we get. Like I'll, I will talk about where value is on here, but we're not going to give strict streaming lists because again, I just want you to hold your ads. One more day. One more, one more, is it one more day? Two more days. Anyway, it's not many more days. Hold, hold your ads. Hold your ads for the weekend. Not for the weekend, what I'm talking about, for the deadline. So no streaming options today. Don't stream. It's nine games anyway. There's no need to do it. Let's talk about what we're watching for though and what things are important and what things maybe you can sacrifice an add-on versus just doing it for a one-game sample size. So warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. The first game we're going to look at is the Hornets and the Wizards. Ubre will be out. Cody Martin, shockingly, stunningly, will be out. Just rule the bloke out for the season. I don't know what's going on with his knee, but it's not good. Just get rid of him. In fact, you know, I won't say he's garbage, but just just get him out of here. Like, what, are, what are we doing with this constant charade about his knee? Cody Martin's out. Ubre's out. Kuzma and Beal are both questionable for the Wizards, and that obviously has a big impact because we saw what that does. It changes things. It's more minutes for Morris and more shots for Morris and more opportunities for Denny Avdia and more minutes for him. Um, the good news is that Daniel Gafford, who left last game in what is a nightly ritual, left in the fourth quarter to go to the locker room and never returned. He's off the injury report. I don't know what happens to him. Does he need to go take a piss? Does he have to go make a phone call to someone? Like I, I don't know what goes on. Every time, goes to the locker room, and then not an injury report. I don't know. Anyway, on the Hornets, I want to watch Lamelo Ball. He's pushing up at the moment. He's playing really well. His steals are really up. They're really high. The shooting is still a worry, but can he maintain this early second round value? I believe that he can. I also want to watch Gordon Haywood because I don't really know what to do with him. Is he fine to have on a roster? Sure. Is he fine to leave on the waiver wire? Also equally sure. They are pushed his, they, well, they did push his minutes up to 31 last game, so that's a positive sign, but he was dreadful in those minutes. He showed a little bit in the games prior, and I just don't think he's ever getting back to the player he used to be. But I'd like to see something that makes me go, yeah, it's actually a good idea to have him on my roster because I'm not really convinced either way there. For the Wizards, I'm not fully convinced on Denny Avdia. And let me phrase that before you start yelling. Maybe you don't care enough about Avdia to yell. But I think you, you, have, you have him on a 12-team roster. But as we've seen on a fully healthy team, he's not really there. He's fine to have with Beal and Kuzma questionable. But otherwise, he might be a 27-minute-a-night player who goes 10-4-2. and two. And Is that must roster? Like, obviously not. So we want to see Avdia's role, Avdia's value if everyone's healthy. And are we justified in having him as must roster? Or is he more of a stream-type player? That's a really key thing to look for rest of the season. 
I don't think we need to bother with Dylan Wright, to be honest. He's turning. Or the, the minutes are fine. There's nothing wrong with his minutes. It's Although last game, they're only 19. It's the fact that he's not doing anything apart from steals, and now he's not even doing steals. So we're looking at him more as a steal specialist. He will get steals again. They will come back in some pretty big chunks. But when you go fourth, four, and four with one steal, that's not good enough. Although the four assists are nice. I would love to see him get a regular 29-minute-a-night roll, but it doesn't appear that way. And a lot of his permanent stuff has dropped off. So he's not really looking like a must-roster player at the moment. Pistons-Cavs. Next game, Bagley is out. Dylan Windler is out. And yesterday, yes, I forgot to recap the Pistons game. So I'm going to talk a little bit about them here. What we saw is why I wanted to hold on to Killian Hayes. It makes no sense to be prioritizing Alec Burks. Hayes played 32 minutes last game. Burks played 19. Is that the pattern they're going to go with? Again, they should. I don't understand the we need to just force everything through Jaden Ivey when next season Ivey's going to play off-ball anyway. So wouldn't you want to play him off-ball a little bit more to make him work in a high-usage off-ball role versus the guy who's going to be orchestrating everything at all points? I don't know. I'm not a coach. I'm also not Dwayne Casey, who's also not a coach. Killian Hayes, um, I do think he is a 12-team league hold. I've said that the whole way through. I wouldn't have dropped him. If you want to add him now, look, it is a little bit risky. If he's 24 minutes, he's not a 12-team league player. If he's 30, he is. And I, I still don't know which direction they're going to go. Again, logic, common sense would suggest that he plays 30 minutes a night. But when should we put common sense and logic together with the Pistons? We shouldn't. That's why it's a risk. Is he worth a burn of a waiver ad, a week 17 waiver ad, Killian Hayes, to, to add him? I'm not convinced. I'm not certain. I'm not. If I had him, I'm definitely not dropping, as I've said. I'm not sure he's worth the ad. I definitely think that Alf Stewart isn't worth the ad. That was a terrible way of framing that. Is that you, Mr. Stewart? Well, who the hell else do you think it'd be? Get in here, you pair of flaming glass. Let me try it again. Don't add Isaiah Stewart. He is not worth an ad in a 12-team league. 14-team, sure. He's had some okay games, but what did he shoot? Over 7 from 3 last game. He is just not a power forward, or he's not a center. He's an in-between bench energy guy who should play 20 minutes a night max. And it's frustrating the way they sort of move him in and out of lineups. For the Cavs, I want to watch Rubio. He's not a 12-team league guy, but he is a 12-team usable player. And if this was a day where we could stream, you would stream him to get some assist numbers in. The only guy on the injury report is Windler. He's getting big assists, Rubio. Not enough to be a must-roster player, but enough to be in the streaming discussion. I also want to watch um, Don Mitchell. He's Don. He's good. Because since the groin injury, he's way off. The shot isn't falling. The usage is down. The free throw attempts are down. Is it all groin? Or is it... Man, is it all groin? Tyler, your sex tape. Um, is it, or is it just a regression from some really hot shooting earlier in the season? Let's see where Mitchell sort of starts to settle. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. In 2023, it is vitally important as a small business owner or a hiring manager that you get the team members that you need on your team. It's simple as that. If you don't, failure. Yep, I've been told it's fire, straight to, straight to jail. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. Just to be clear, you don't go to jail if you make the wrong hire, but you know what I mean. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post company and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. Identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and connect with them fast and for free. 
It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Sixers Celtics is the next game. There's no spreads out for any of these games. I'm guessing that a lot of the betting sites are just taking all games for the next day off the board because of the potential of trades. Yes, there were two trades that happened today. We'll talk about them on the Daily Recap Show because they don't really matter. Deadman and Kessler Edwards, the two guys moving teams. Um, Marcus Smart will be out for Boston. Jalen Brown is listed probable, as is Rob Williams. Remember, Jalen Brown missed last game for a Kevin Durant, sorry, for an illness. Uh, people actually thought that he sat out because he was getting traded for Kevin Durant. Again, we love... Not we. Some people really love a conspiracy theory, and no matter how many times they get proven wrong, they'll the next time someone's out, they'll still go back to it being a trade. Rob Williams, Luke Cornett, and Jalen Brown are all probable for old mates, the Boston Celtics. While for the Sixers, Embiid is questionable. I think you're going to have Embiid, LeBron, Gobert listed questionable every game for the next few weeks. They've got legitimate problems. Gobert's groin, wrecked. They shouldn't play him, but they do. LeBron's ankle, rooted. Embiid's foot, also rooted, but they're going to keep trying to play through it. There'll be games off, but they'll play through it. The um, And the Bucks actually, they'll just list Giannis as either probable or questionable every game is how I feel it's going to go. For the Sixers, I want to watch Tyrese Maxey because Tangles is struggling. 27, 24 minutes the last two games. Shots not fallen. They went with Melton over him. Um, they went with Tucker over him. I'm really worried about where Maxey goes. Is he going to be a droppable player now? No. Is Tyrese Maxey a droppable player potentially in the fantasy playoffs? Yes. That, that is the worry I have. If they keep him in 25 minutes a night, there's no way you're holding him through the fantasy playoffs. So let's see what happens. Is this minutes trend down? Because again, remember, he does nothing unless it's scoring. He doesn't do anything else. And if you're not getting good volume, what's the point of you? So we'll see where that goes. Also, George Nyang, who'd been playing really, really regularly, 20, 19, 29, 23 minutes, and then against the Knicks, he played nine. So... I know he missed all of his shots, but can he get back to 20 minutes? Has he become a regular two to threes, triples, two to three triples per game guy? Because that, that's reliable for deeper leagues. For the Celtics, I do want to watch the Rock DJ, Robbie Williams. Rock DJ. I think he's sort of going okay at the moment. He's not, we're not fully there. We're not, everything's not the same as last season and might not ever get back to that. But I think we're okay with where he sits. And there might still be a little bit of buy low on him because people aren't convinced, but let's watch it. Let's see how it affects, impacts Al Horford. One of the players I had on the buy low show because he's shooting 17% from two. And that is going to improve. Is Horford must roster? I'm definitely moving away from that designation. I think he's totally okay to roster. And in certain situations, when you're in a roto league or you're in a league that is punting points, sure. But that's not everybody. And that doesn't make him a must roster player. But let's see if that shooting improves, which it, it definitely has to. For the next game, it is the Spurs and the Rockets. And I've just seen that the Spurs have made an update to the injury report. We'll talk about the Raptors. OG Ananobi is out again for his wrist issue. Devin Vassell is out. What they have updated is Romeo Langford is out here. For the Spurs, um, Jeremy Sohan is doubtful. That's not great. It's very hard to hold on to Sohan through this. Sohan now. Trey Jones is questionable and Keldon Johnson is questionable. I think Jones will sit. I think Keldon will probably sit one of these games coming up. And that's going to really boost the value of a lot of these guys. So Malachi Branham has value. As long as Langford, and especially if Jones is out, Branham gets a boost. Now we saw last game he had a boost and then shot 33% and didn't do anything. So I'm a little bit worried about him being a must-roster play. I don't think he is. 
and I wouldn't be streaming him in based on you know burning a waiver ad for this game. But he is someone we want to watch. I think he can establish a 25-minute-a-night role at some point here, and I would absolutely be starting him over Romeo Langford moving forward. But I don't know whether Pop will do that. also want Jakob Pertl because there's not one person here who can tell me what's going on with his minutes because he's, oh, they're limiting him to keep him um, safe from trades. Okay, so he played 30 minutes last game and 29 two games ago. These are his minutes have been. 16? Oh, oh, no, they're just keeping him safe for a trade. 23, oh, they're keeping him safe for a trade. 22, okay. 30, oh, okay. 22, uh, keeping him safe for a trade. 29, oh. 24, uh, safe for a trade. 30. So, honestly, it, none, none of it makes any sense. We can't predict it. We've got no idea what's going on. But any narrative surrounding it are bullshit because they're just all over the place. So, what is Pertle going to do? And then what does that mean Zach Collins is going to do? And how do those minutes shake out? And now, I, I saw some people say, man, the, the stash of Zach Collins is dead now because they traded for Dwayne Dedman. Um, no. No, it's absolutely not. Dwayne Dedman is not the backup center. He is cooked. He's not very good anymore. And he is their fourth string center. Does it mean more likely that Pertle's trade to give them a third center? Maybe. Maybe. But this does not make Zach Collins a stash dead. Zach Collins' stash is on life support. But we've got one game to go. For the Raptors, I do want to watch the big sneeze, Preston Chua, because he has dropped off the last couple of games. I still think we want to hold on to him. The minutes have come down. The production's come down. I highlighted this on a show the other day. They're shooting, I think, 18% from three as a starter. Probably want to get that up there a little bit higher. Or stop taking them and stop being one of the most inefficient centers in the entire NBA. And then I also watch Chris Boucher because his last four games have been really good. 24, 20, 23, 27 minutes. Is he a must roster player? I'm not sure about that, but 25 minutes of Boucher is 12 team usable. Would I rush to add him for Wednesday expecting 25 minutes, which I do expect. I don't think I would, but there is a chance that someone gets traded and he finds a 25 minute a night role. I'm not convinced at all. I'm not prioritizing it, but he's on my watch list. He's on my watch list. Pacers heat. Kyle Lowry is out for the rest of this week. Double cheeked up on a Thursday afternoon. We have seen Lowry's knee be a real problem ever since he, he sat out, came back, didn't look the same, and now he's out again. I would be very comfortable at this point in dropping him. But again, don't drop to add someone today. Drop to add someone based on the deadline. Get that garbage out! Duncan Robinson's out, but Orlando Robinson, who is going to be out for like five weeks, is listed probable. So again, figure that shit out. Gabe Vincent is probable. Victor Oladipo has been listed out. So what we really, and Chris Duarte is questionable for the Pacers. What we really want to watch, um, actually we'll talk about the heat in a sec. Let's talk about the Pacers. Because since Halliburton's returned, um, Benedict Matherin's turned to mud. Like he's he's bad. The minutes are down. The usage is down. He's doing absolutely nothing. And he's turned back into a guy that you don't actually want on a 12-team roster. Again, I would hold him through the deadline, but it's not looking great. But we get another data point here to see, can he turn some stuff around to reconvince me that maybe we do want to have him because it hasn't been looking like that at the moment. And then Aaron Neesmith, good game, good game, dreadful game. Is it a good or a dreadful game coming up here? It's why he's unreliable. It's why he's not a 12-team staple. He's a guy that you add and you drop and you add. And I feel like I've dropped in four times already this year, just trying to catch lightning in a bottle when he plays well and then get rid of him when he plays poorly. The role is secure in terms of him starting, but he might be a 30-minute starter or a 24-minute starter. And that gives us even more confusion as to what's happening. On the Heat, I do like the value of Gabe Vincent. And honestly, with Lowry's injury, with Oladipo's issue, I don't mind burning Vincent, burning a waiver on Vincent, because he, he might have a top 80 run for four weeks. I don't know how long Lowry's going to be out. This is the second absence with this knee issue that he's had, and he looks bad. It looks like it, maybe it takes a little bit longer than three games. I don't know. But I think the value of Vincent is a little bit more interesting than just as a one-day streamer. 
Also, like to win a soldier, Max Struess, whose minutes should push up with Oladipo out. I'd prefer Vincent over Struess. Struess can be a 30-minute guy, get 15 points, four threes, but the ups and downs in his shooting numbers and the ups and downs in his other production makes him a little bit tough to rely upon a lot of the time. So I wouldn't burn a waiver on Struess. I probably would on Gabriel Vincent. Today's episode is brought to you by Fangio. There's only one app that you need at your Super Bowl parties, and it's Fangio, America's number one sportsbook. Really excited about the new sports being partner for Locked On. That is the number one sportsbook in America, Fangio. If you're new to Fangio, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. If we go and have a look over to see who will score a touchdown uh, over on Super Bowl odds. Again, we, the, the odds for the game, not changing. Same uh, same all the time. The Eagles, one and a half point favorites. But we can look at Devontae Smith as plus 165 to score a touchdown on Fangio. We can also look at some other specials they've got. Jalen Hurts or Patrick Mahomes to record 50 plus rushing yards. That's minus 150. I guess that's the Hurts side of it. But minus 150, is that good odds? I don't know, but it's there. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. And best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. Kings and Rockets. We saw this game yesterday. It was pretty ugly. Steven Silas basically cried in the press conference about how bad his team defense is. Yeah, he should cry about a lot of things. His own coaching, the team defense, the team construction, the team players. A lot of stuff is really bad on this team. And I don't really know where they go. I don't know what happens. The Kings should cook them again. Kevin Porter will be out. Gary Matthews is um, questionable with that toe issue. The Kings, once again, have a completely clean injury report. They just made a trade for Kessler Edwards, but he's not going to play. He's going to go to the G League. Um, what we want to watch on the Kings is Malik Monk, who's really putting together some big numbers at the moment. And while he's while he's like this, you use him. Is he worth a waiver burn? Hmm. I don't think so. I don't think so. But if nothing eventuates at the deadline, then I'll go and grab him. Kevin Herter is another one to watch. Fan of pants. Pretty good game from him, but he's been wildly inconsistent. And he is worth a hold. Could he be a drop at the deadline? Yes. I don't think we view him as a top 100 guy rest of the season. Maybe top 120. And you need to view whether that's worth holding in your format. But he's in that mix. Jalen Green he was on the Bilo show today. You've got to be punting field goals to have him in a category league. But it's way worse than what it should be moving forward. Let's see what he does. Let's see what he's able to produce for us. Can he hit some shots for once? Can he get do something with rebounds? Can he do something that's good? And then I want to watch Jabari Smith Jr. Because, honestly, he's been bad. Ah, Smitty. We knew that, yeah, fitting on this team, he's not a usage guy. He can't create his own shot. Uh, maybe that's okay. He doesn't have to fight for the ball. But fight for the ball a little bit. Like, get something. And a shot going in once in a while would be good. He just he can't shoot. For a guy that came in with one of the most, most purest shots or strokes that we've seen, the fact that nothing goes in is very troubling. I think he might be an, end up being a big steal in fantasy drafts next season. But honestly, this season, you, it's I, I don't think you could argue that Tari Eason's been a better player than Jabari Smith. But they're just going with Jabari. Because Jabari has that upside as a defender. And he's been really good defensively, I think, Jabari. Uh, and as a shooter, which Tari doesn't really have that shooting upside. But man, Jabari, it's very hard to say he's a 12-10 league guy. He's eminently droppable at deadline, I think. 
Wolves and Jazz back to back here for Minnesota. Um, Towns and Rivers will be out. Rivers will be suspended. Gobert, Anderson, and McLaughlin are all questionable on the first half of this back-to-back. I find it really difficult to think that McLaughlin will play in both of those games. As for Gobert and Anderson, I wouldn't play them in both of them, but we will see what happens. We'll see what happens. On the Jazz side of things, um, Kelly Olenek, 30 minutes the last two games. Production's been just okay. I do think he's worth a 12-team ad. I don't think he's getting traded, and I think he's a top 80 sort of a player, and that's the guy that you want. And then there's Oshai Baji, whose minutes have been pretty good. And then they dropped way off and he struggled. I don't love his fantasy profile at all. We do want to watch to see if roles get opened up because Malik Beasley is one of those names that's getting talked about as being traded a lot. And Agbaji would just slide into that role and that would give him deeper league value. Yeah, 14, maybe six, 16, maybe 14 team league value. So let's watch what happens in that scenario. Mavs and Clippers. Unfortunately, we're not going to see Luka Doncic play. He is out Maxi Kleber is out. Davis Bertans is out. Doncic and Kleber being out are actually huge because they're going to be big parts of their rotation. John Wall remains out with the Clippers. Bertans out as well for the Mavs. But Kyrie will make his Mavericks debut, it appears. So we want to see that. And then it's great to see it, but we still don't know what that means for everyone. But we're going to see... We saw a massive game from Jaden Hardy last game. I'd be pretty surprised if he's able to replicate that with Kyrie there. But what we do want to see is Josh Green, who was excellent last game as well. Now... I've seen Josh Green starting quite a bit. I've seen him play 30 minutes quite a bit, and he was nowhere near what he did last game. Because as I mentioned in that last game, with both Kyrie and Doncic out, that's 45 shots maybe, 40 shots in a game, just not there. And someone has to take him, and Green did, and he was good at it. But he's not going to do it. Now he's got sort of half an opportunity to do something good again. I don't. I think he's a 14-team league guy, but if you wanted to add him in 12s after yesterday's game, I, I don't completely hate it. But I think you're going to add him, and then he's going to be your 13th best player, most likely, on a 12-team roster. But let's see. Let's see what opens up for him. Let's see how they use him and Bullock and Hardaway. Should he play over Tim Hardaway? 100%. Will he? I don't know about that. But he should. Hardaway should be playing off the bench. Both Bullock and Green should play ahead of him. For the Clippers, I want to see what they do with the rotation, because they've taken Lucanard out, and they put him back in. So how does that work with Reggie Jackson, who played big minutes last game as well? Is Reggie Jackson usable? No. But we'll see how they all they run that with Canard, and it helped that Marcus Morris was um, ejected last game. But let's see what Morris can do, because these last two games were 32, 33 minutes and got ejected. Is he a 12-team league must, Marcus? I don't think he's a must, and I wouldn't burn a waiver to add him, but we're watching the Reggie role, the Marcus role, the Batum role, the Man role, the Powell role, and how if there's any going to be any sort of clarification on any of those players. And my guess is probably not, unfortunately. All eyes are going to be on Kyrie though, for sure. The Warriors and the Blazers. Curry's out. Nurkic is out. Winslow should be out. Iguodala's probably out as well. And Keon Johnson is questionable after missing last game. So for the Warriors, we want to watch Dante DiVincenzo, the big ragu. Came off the bench and will continue to come off the bench with Steph out, I believe. He's very much on the borderline of addable players burning a waiver wire ad, and I think you probably do want to do it. Although, I don't think his upside is particularly high. I think his upside is probably 100th, 110th, and that's probably worth it. But let's see what he's able to do. They also started John Kaminga over Kavon Looney last game. Will they do that against Portland? They could. Not like Drew Eubanks is huge. So, let's watch Kaminga. Not that, again, Kaminga's not a 12-team ad. He only played 23 minutes, but that caps the 27-minute upside of Looney taking both of those guys out of 12-team consideration. On the Blazers, we highlighted him on the buy low, sell high show. Anthony Simons is hitting everything at the moment. At some point, it is going to go cold, and then we'll get some real regression. Your sell high window is open. I also want to watch Jeremy Grant, because he's the opposite. Nothing's going in, and part of his problem has always been 
where are the rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks? So when the shot doesn't go in at 47% from deep, what are you doing? And at the moment, the answer is nothing. So I expect that to improve for him. Can we get a situation where both Grant, Simons, and Lillard are all able to produce efficiently at the same time? Because it's been very few and far between this season. At the moment, it's Simons' go. Not that they're sharing, but it's like Simons is hot, Grant is cold. Does it switch? Can they do it together? Things that need to be mentioned in terms of valuing these guys in terms of trades. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you're here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.